0: Welcome back to the Kennedy Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host, Allison, and today I've got a fun episode for us, so let's go on and get started with our In the News segment.
1: Big news story of the past seven days.
0: So my Disney-loving husband actually found this one, and I was so glad that he did. A Best Buddies participant won Employee of the Year at a Disney restaurant. It's called The Boathouse, and it's very exciting because Best Buddies was actually founded by Anthony Kennedy Shriver, and he's the chairman and CEO of Best Buddies International. We'll hear a little bit more from him about the program later in the episode when I do the inspiring clip of the week, but I just thought that was a really cool story, so go read about it if you want to. Okay, next up, and this is a huge one. President Biden is expected to name Caroline Kennedy as the United States ambassador to Australia, according to people familiar with the selection. According to the Washington Post, the move places a bold-faced name and member of one of the best-known Democratic political families in charge of relations with a key Pacific ally. Kennedy served as U.S. ambassador to Japan from 2013 to 2017 and is the daughter of President John F. Kennedy, as we know. She delivered Biden a boost in last year's Democratic presidential primary when she endorsed him as a leader who can bring people together and was also a key backer of President Obama, under whom Biden served as vice president. So Australia is among the closest of U.S. allies with longstanding diplomatic and military ties, and the country is part of a five-member English language intelligence consortium that is a backbone of U.S. operations globally. So all that was, like I said, that according to the Washington Post. Make sure you go read about it. This is very exciting. I'll keep you guys posted on it. Next up, we've got our Q&A segment.
1: Therefore, an answer to your question.
0: So I got the pretty basic question, and I get this about a million times a week, asking what fascinates me about the Kennedys. So I think I've told it before, but I'll tell it again in case you're a new listener. If you are, hi, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. I am Began, I think, in college. I watched a documentary or something, one of the many, about the Kennedy family, and I just found it so intriguing. And so then I watched another and another and another, and then I read books, and it just kind of became this thing that I just loved the Kennedys. I knew a little bit more about them than anybody around me, except for my granddad. And so we would have conversations about them a lot because he knew so much about them as well. And it just became this thing that, like, was a part of my personality that I knew so much about them. So after a while, your friends and your family and everybody hears enough. I mean, nobody ever told me that, but I just, I wasn't going to just spout off facts or anything all the time. That's annoying. So I decided I needed some kind of outlet that would allow me to talk about them and learn about them as well. Cause I don't ever claim to know everything about them because I don't and I'm learning and I'm still a student just like everybody else is, unless there's some esteemed historian that already knows everything. So back in pretty early pandemic, I just thought you know what, I'm going to start a podcast. Why not? My husband is a tech guy. He had all the stuff pulled out a mic, started recording, never thought anyone would listen. And then people did. So it's kind of become a thing and it's lots of fun. It lets me have this outlet that I can talk about them and continue to learn, as I said, and also kind of a community with you guys, especially on my Instagram. If you don't follow it yet, go to @kennedydynasty Kennedy Dynasty on Instagram, and follow me there. And there's just a lot of camaraderie there, a lot of conversation, a lot of debate and things, and it's all lots of fun. So that is where my fascination comes from. Next up, we've got our inspiring clip of the week.
1: One of the inspiring notes.
0: This one is a Psych Hub interview with Anthony Shriver, and it's actually hosted by Patrick Kennedy, who is Ted Kennedy's son.
2: Who have uh, been able to work at Best Buddies for 32 years. i uh, sort of been inspired by my mom, as I think, Patrick, you were inspired by my mother so much in so many different ways. And your dad, of course, inspired by him and his commitment to service and all the work he did as a legislator and the work my mom did, you know, founding Special Olympics and really bringing people with intellectual disabilities into our backyard in the 60s um, when they were completely shunned and completely isolated, treated differently, treated with no respect and dignity and not empowered to realize their potential and their dreams and to make meaningful contributions to our country and to countries all over the world. She did it. When nobody was doing it it had no pizzazz no cool factor you know i tried to you know follow her lead in so many different ways and start a program that would include and support and encourage people at the college level to reach out to people with special abilities and welcome them on, on to the most prestigious college campuses around the world give them the opportunity to be socialized and integrated and included uh, to participate with their peers and all the activities that bring excitement and life and meaning to our lives from going to the prom to having a date to going to a football game to walking the halls of you know harvard yard uh, and yale and university of miami and ucla I feel really included and in creating a mentoring program for people with intellectual disabilities where they could be inspired and motivated and realize that you know they have contributions to make to our society so we started with a college program and then of course we've expanded out to all different forms of uh academic institutions, and uh, we have a great jobs program now where we find competitive employment for people with special abilities. We have a housing program that we started out in LA, we have a leadership academy for people with intellectual disabilities. So the times are certainly different for our population than they were in the 60s, but nevertheless, there's still a lot of work to do and uh, giant millions of people with special abilities all over the world that are still outside uh, and left out. So. Uh, You know, the work's exciting and I feel super blessed to have been able to do it for really my entire adult career.
0: All right, everybody, let's get into our episode. So this is a pretty heavily requested topic. It is to talk about the Hyannis port compound and how it came to be what the family's doing with it now. It's just a really common question I get, so I've decided to do an episode about it. Today, my sources are PBS, NPS, New York Post, a little bit of Wikipedia, and I want to say Chatham Gables Inn. I'm not Chatham. I don't know. I think it's ChathamGablesInn.com. So let's get started. The entire compound is about six acres of just waterfront property in Hyannis Port, which is off Cape Cod in Massachusetts. If you haven't been there, it is such a beautiful, quaint, just amazing area in general. Like I want a vacation there, not even just because of the Kennedys, but because it's just gorgeous. (laughs) So it makes sense that the Kennedys would want to stake a claim there for sure. There was a few conflicting dates of when the house was actually built, but it looks like it was 1904. And then Joseph P., actually rented a cottage on Marchant Avenue in Port in 1926. I guess he decided he just loved it, wanted to buy property to have there. So he actually bought the home, the main house in 1929. He kind of gutted it, added to it, did all this kind of stuff to fit this massive family's needs. And it did. The Kennedy Nine just kind of grew up sailing and playing the classic touch football on the yard. And it was just a beautiful home for them to be at. So they obviously all loved this area. And because of that, JFK decided he wanted to buy a house in the area as well. So he bought one with Jackie. He had only been married like three years and it's a little bit smaller on Irving Avenue. I actually got a peek at that one a little bit when I was in Hyannisport and not enough to say that I was there or anything crazy, but it's all very close together for sure. And then Bobby and Ethel also got a property that was kind of across from the other two houses. I actually read that Ted bought the property that Bobby ended up moving into in 1961. But Ted ended up taking residence with Joan at the time in the big house. And he grew, up, he lived there his entire adult life until his death. Now, the look of the compound, it, I'm sure we've all seen it from photos or if you even know Cape Cod style. It's very classic Cape Cod. It's super white frame, clapboards, what it's called, structure. It's just really vacationing. <laughs> it's exactly where you would want a vacation if you just were wealthy as all get out. According to NPS, the Joseph P. Kennedy home is the largest and most impressive of all three and is surrounded by well-tended lawns and gardens and commands sweeping views of the ocean from its long porches. On the main floor are a living room, a dining room, a sunroom, a television room, the bedroom that JFK used before he purchased his own house in the compound, the kitchen and various pantries and utility rooms. Second floor are six bedrooms, a sewing room, packing room, and four servants rooms. And says in the article the attic is a full one. I'm assuming a full attic or maybe a bedroom. I'm not sure. The basement contains a motion picture theater and a sauna. And on the grounds are an enclosed swimming pool, tennis court, and four-car garage. The house has changed a little either structurally or in furnishings since the Kennedys were associated. And the reason behind that is because at the wish of Rose and... Ted after his death it was to be donated to the Edward M Kennedy Institute. Now this is some seriously muddy water because the institute owns the big house as I said and it was their wishes as I said but it's kind of become an issue because the Kennedys aren't even allowed to use the property at all anymore. They're allowed to use the beach, but it's for the lawn or the house or anything in general they have to pay rent if they want to use it. It's only there now for the purpose of holding educational seminars and forums. I read in the New York Post that, like, Taylor Swift tried to stay in the main house and it was rejected. People aren't allowed to stay there, period. Again, according to the New York Post, it's a little not the best thing with Ted Jr. and Patrick, who are Ted Kennedy's sons, because they apparently felt that Vicki Kennedy is controlling the Institute and not really allowing the family the access either. Still at the compound is Ethel in Robert and her home that was like I said across the way and the Kennedys all gathered there still I'm I'm not I would assume they do rent and gather still at the main property on the grass to have their touch football games and stuff if not that's kind of sad but they do they do have the ability but they don't have that access which I just kind of think is sad as a whole that it was taken out of the family. I would have thought that Ethel would have moved into the big house personally and kept that going. But I mean, if it's Rose and Ted Kennedy's wishes, then that's their wishes. It is what it is. And obviously, I'm (laughs) in no way, shape, or form part of the family and don't know the ins and outs. Just my opinion. The house has been at the center of so many things, if you think about it. President Kennedy was interviewed there by Walter Cronkite. And I'm actually going to insert a clip from that interview from September 2nd, 1963.
1: How seriously do you think this civil rights situation is going to affect your chances, assuming you'll be the nominee of the Democratic Party next year, in 1964? Well, obviously, it's going to be a uh, important matter. It's caused a good deal of feeling, I suppose, against the administration in the South, I also, I suppose, in other parts of the country. Whenever you have a issue upon which people feel so strongly, it uh, quite obviously has its political effects, so I would say it would be an important matter. On the other hand, I'm hopeful that uh, both parties, Republicans and Democrats, will uh, commit themselves to the same objective of equality of opportunity. I would be uh, surprised if the Republican Party, which after all is uh, the party of Lincoln, and uh, is proud of that fact, as it should be, I would be surprised if they did not uh, also uh, support the right of every citizen to have equal opportunities, equal chance. Under the Constitution. No sense in blaming it, of course, on Washington. And that's a convenient place to blame it. And I suppose that's one of the reasons why we're there. But this is a problem which goes into every community across the country, every family, and everyone has to make a decision. It's going to take time. I think it's finally going to be done. But we're trying to do something much more difficult than any other community, country's ever done. good many of the people who advise us so generously abroad have no comprehension of what a difficult task it is. That faces the American people in the 60s. But I think that the United States government, I believe both parties, and I think the great mass of opinion is in favor of making progress along these lines. And of course, the most important area is finally going to be education, which ties into jobs. You have education, equality of education, educational opportunity. And you find, I think, gradually equality in employment. And then you find the great uh, hump of the hill over past. Do you think you'll lose some southern states in 64? Well, I lost some in 60, so I suppose I'll lose some uh, maybe more in 64. I don't know. It's too early to tell, but I would think we were not sure that uh, I'm the most popular political figure in the country today in the south, but that's all right. I think we'll have to wait and see a year and a half from now. Well, yeah. a year now. <laughs> not that long. You making any uh, estimate as to who your opponent might be in 64? No, a good many of them. At many of them. Got kind of any choices of who you'd like to run against? Either no, to put the issues no, before the people no. or otherwise? That's a great mistake. I know some Republicans chose me in 60 for their favorite candidate, but uh, so I don't, you know I can choose anybody. I'll let them choose. Problems will become a little different when, of course, the Republicans have finally chosen a candidate who has to run north, south, east, and west, stand on a platform of the Republican Party. And it seems to me we'll have a clearer alternative. What do you think the issues might be in 64? Well, of course, broad will be the security of the United States, uh, our efforts to uh, maintain that security, to maintain the cause of freedom at home. I think it's going to be the economy, the state of the economy, jobs, opportunity for all Americans, uh, what we've done in the field of education, what we've done in the field of uh, resource development, conservation, all the rest. I would say the vigor of the American economy and the American society at home, security of the United States abroad.
0: They campaigned out of the home, and that's where they found out that he won the presidency in 1960. That's where Jackie gave her gut-riching interview with Theodore White after the assassination. It just was such a pinnacle of the Kennedy family, and it looks like it still is to this day. It's also been at the center of some recent tragedy as Saoirse passed away in Ethel's home on the compound.
3: Sersha was the only daughter of Courtney Kennedy Hill and Paul Hill. Following reports of an overdose at the Kennedy's storied Massachusetts compound on Thursday, Sersha was taken to a local hospital where she was pronounced dead of a suspected overdose. That's according to the Boston Globe and New York Times. In a statement to People, the famous political family confirmed the tragic news just hours after paramedics rushed to the famed Cape Cod property. The statement went on to say, quote, Our hearts are shattered by the loss of our beloved Sersha. Her life was filled with hope promise and love she cared deeply about friends and family especially her mother courtney her father paul her stepmother stephanie and her grandmother ethel 91 year old ethel kennedy said of her granddaughter's unexpected passing the world is a little less beautiful today she lit up our lives with her love her peals of laughter and her generous spirit saoirse's aunt carrie kennedy posted the family's statement on her instagram on friday as well along with photos of Sertia throughout her life she wrote simply sweet saoirse Just days before her death, Saoirse had spent time with her family at their famed Massachusetts estate. In this Instagram photo captured by her uncle, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., the 22-year-old was seen enjoying the sunny day as she leapt into the water. Such a sad story, of course. Our condolences go out to the Kennedy family.
0: It's just been a place over time that they gathered through horrible tragedy and great triumph as well. Take a second and go look at YouTube, at some old Kennedy home videos, look at the house, look at the property, look at the way that it's set up, look at some old photos of the family together, their football games, or them just running around with dogs, or President Kennedy landing there for a a weekend in Hyannis Port with his family to ride around and have fun on the water, and just put yourself in that situation, and and you can kind of see how incredible of a place that would be for you and yours, or (laughs) me and mine. I would just love to have a location like that, and it's just amazing hope you enjoyed this episode. I just wanted to give a little backstory of the house that we all just see in our minds every time we think Kennedy. If you like the podcast, be sure to rate it five stars, write a positive written review, check out my merch shop in the show notes, my Amazon recommendation shop, follow me on Instagram, and I will talk to you guys next week.